on this episode of expand with jenna brown you are going to enjoy i'm sure of it my process of essentially awakening to the fungi of microdosing and how i started my journey with microdosing that i'm currently still on what microdosing is Um, And also I share in this journey about me making the choice to what I say sobriety is, which is not drinking alcohol and how I got to that space and how, (laughs) how I've moved through a lot of different substance understandings. I, I go through a history of that, of how I got to this place where I stopped drinking, how I got to the place where I went from like hating marijuana to like using marijuana, uh, sparingly to microdosing and how that all has all shifted and and worked for me. So I hope that you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Expand with Jenna Brown podcast. I'm excited to be here today with you and to share about my microdosing experience. So I've actually been kind of nervous to talk about this and I I don't really know why, but (laughs) probably because it's taboo to some people, but I feel like y'all that are listening are pretty cool. Um, So let's talk about my microdosing experience, shall we? So first and foremost, when I talk about microdosing, I'm talking about a small amount. Microdosing just means like a really super, super small amount of psilocybin mushrooms, AKA magic mushrooms. Um, it was so funny this morning cause I did microdose this morning and I was dancing and I was laughing because I was like, what if like, if two year, two, maybe like three year ago, Jenna could see me right now. She would think I was a literal quack. Like she would not be able to believe the fact that I don't drink alcohol yet. <laughs> I'm over here dancing and taking magic mushrooms. So uh, there's so many misconceptions about microdosing. So let's just start with some of mine, um, on my own journey. So first and foremost, I like just talking about substance use, um, because I think these actually aren't in the same categories, but they were in my mind and they might be for you. Those of you who are listening. So about, um, a year and a half ago, I was really inspired by a couple of clients of mine who are sober to quit drinking. And I've gone through many stints in my life where I haven't drank for periods of time and not just times when I was pregnant. Um, I was really religious as y'all know. And I would go through these periods of time where I felt like I needed to not drink and to be closer to God, to be honest, that was what I was doing. And it was great. It was always like really beneficial for me. And, uh, about a year and a half ago, I realized that it was during COVID we were living full-time on the road as an RV family traveling the U S of five. And I realized that every day around like four 30, I would be like, yes, I can finally drink. And for you or like whoever's listening, you might be like, okay, everyone does that. But it was, it was starting to get my attention that around like four 30, I would want to drink a glass of wine and I never drink more than one. Like I haven't been drunk in God, probably like a bajillion years. I don't even know. Um, I hate the feeling of being drunk. I hate it. Um, but yeah. So back then a year and a half ago, I was still like, Oh, I just want this one and a half, one glass of wine at four, four 30 to calm my body. And at that time, obviously in our world, in mommy wine culture, that was not a big thing at all. It was like a duh, everybody does that. But I just had this inner knowing that there's something behind that. 
Now, as you know, I'm a person that works extensively with the nervous system. And I was doing a lot of research and learning about how people that struggle, quote unquote, with addiction really are people that have really dysregulated nervous systems. So we've actually like labeled a whole bunch of people as addicts when really they have dysregulated, chronically dysregulated nervous systems. And they are reaching for alcohol to regulate them. So if I had anxiety, which I did, and no one... No one tells you this, but I will. I will always be the person to tell you this. You know, anxiety is a heightened state, a hypervigilance within your nervous system. And you don't have anxiety. Like it's not a thing that you you get. It's not a, it's not a thing. It's a dysregulation in your nervous system, right? So we claim I have anxiety as an identity when really what is the truth is you have a dysregulated nervous system. And your nervous system is being hyperactive. So a person like me who was having a hyperactive nervous system, I was reaching for something that was a depressant, aka alcohol, that would essentially bring that hyperactivity down. So what was I doing? I was self-soothing with alcohol. I was self-medicating with alcohol, which is what most people do. And I was trying to regulate my nervous system with it. Okay. So knowing that now that you know that you can choose what you want to do with that, but knowing that I was like, Oh shit, well, I don't want to do that. I feel like it's not serving me. And the other thing was too, that I was noticing that my energy was so different. It was very different. Um, and I didn't like it. I didn't like the days that after even like one drink, the days after I would drink one drink, it took so much more for me to get back into my body. Um, the next morning and like working with clients, it would just be harder to tap in intuitively. I have some theories on that now, but why that is for me, but, um, or was, but regardless, I just was like, I'm just going to try not drinking for a while. And so I did, and I didn't tell anybody, I didn't make an announcement. I wasn't like, hello, everyone. (laughs) This is like this world shifting decision for me because at the time I approached it, like I approach everything, which is very three line and human design, very, uh, trial and error. I was just like, well, let's just see if this impacts my energy or my nervous system. And it did shocker. So it's been about a year and a half since I've drank alcohol and I do not miss it at all. I feel like it made my energy um, very dense and it was a lot harder to connect in. It took me time. And I wonder if you are still drinking, listening, if you just took the time to really observe like how you feel the day after and how you feel the week after and what are your thought patterns like with it? If you were honest, um, obviously like in the middle of drinking, you're regulating, you're trying to regulate your body, but what happens the next day, right? Like what are your thought patterns like the next day? And for me as a person with an open spleen and open ego and open Ajna and open head, like I just wasn't willing to contribute just by wanting to like drink something (laughs) like I wasn't willing to contribute to the mental chatter that I already was experiencing, which was a lot. So fast forward, uh, actually fast backwards. That's not a thing. What is it called? Rewind. Um, so probably like six months prior to that, this is personal for Brandon, but I don't think he would mind me sharing. Um, (laughs) Let me know when you listen to this, babe. Probably six months prior, we had started, we were traveling, right? And so we were in these states where weed was now legal and my husband was smoking it. And I was so triggered all of the fucking time. I was so triggered about it. I hated it. We fought about it so much. I wasn't smoking weed and I was like, just so, so, so triggered. I hated it. And it just, 
you brought, it's like so crazy going back there. Cause I was so triggered. Like I genuinely was like ready to divorce him over him smoking weed. And yeah. So fast forwarding, like that really was a process of me. I don't know. That might've been like October that year until maybe February when I stopped drinking that whole, those whole couple of months was like a lot of processing for me, my anxiety around other people using any type of substance. And, um, again, I'm saying substance, like it was an herb, but at the time I didn't think of it like that. Obviously I grew up in the dare generation. I also grew up in church where weed is like the devil. I also grew up in Ohio where it's not legal. And like, if you smoke weed, you're a pothead in a low life kind of thing. I also used to be like a full on pothead. So, and so did my husband. So it was like, when we started looking at how do you start to create a different relationship with something that you abused before into something that you are using as medicine. Um, it was just so different. Like it was just very triggering in every single shape, way, and form. My husband and I were best friends in high school and we watched each other go through a lot of phases in our life. One of those being the pothead phase and the alcoholic phase and these phases of high school and um, early college of overconsumption and of abuse of these different things. So during that time, the rewind time of, of living on the road, it just brought up so many unresolved things in our marriage and unresolved things in me of just like, why, like, why is marijuana so triggering for me when it's legal, which that used to be my thing is like, it's not legal. And then it was legal. And I was like, well, yeah. And it was like, well, it's an herb. And I'm like, well, yeah. And then it was like, well, I'm not actually addicted to it. And I was like, well, yeah, but I literally hate it so much that I want to leave. So really what I had to go through at that time. And before I even stopped drinking completely was this just like real heart search of, um, consuming any type of like anything like herb substance, whatever. And looking at the addiction patterns that I come from in my family. So, um, I come from addiction and in that, right. Like I grew up hypervigilant because I was afraid of this person in my family of their consumption of alcohol. And whenever they drank alcohol, they were either really overly affectionate to the point where it felt like I was suffocated or they were really angry and really mean and violent. Um, and so there was never like this happy middle medium. Wow. Even as I'm saying that, I'm like, Oh, that felt really heavy. So, um, yeah, I moved through a lot of that. Like before I was like, I'm not drinking anymore. I really was like, Oh wow. This is, it's just not something that I feel like is serving me in my life, given my history, given my childhood. And I just felt like my inner child was like, why are we doing this? Like, you're just trying to soothe me away. And like, I, I need to be here. Um, so yeah, so I stopped drinking about a year and a half ago. And so fast forward, I don't know, probably summer to a year and a half ago or yeah, summer about a year ago is when I started, um, using it is longer than ago. I don't know. I never know dates. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everything is quantum. Time isn't real. I started, uh, using marijuana. And that was only like, I really only ever smoke like once a week, maybe. And I do, I literally hit something like two times, maybe three times and that's it. 
And it's been like a really cool process of reacquainting myself. It was like this trust building thing of like, this is an herb and this is how it makes my body feel. And I actually like that feeling and it doesn't feel like it gives me any type of negative effects afterwards. And, um, my husband and I connect really well. Um, we have really fun times and like laugh our asses off and have great intimacy and connection, um, using it and really honoring that plant. So it really was like this whole other journey of me learning to honor a plant. Okay. Now fast forward to microdosing. You're like, I thought this was about microdosing. It is, I swear. But these are all related in my mind. And I think some people don't realize when it comes to microdosing, you probably have a lot of things related to it that aren't really about microdosing, right? A lot of misconceptions and perceptions and baggage that comes into the forefront. Um, and that was some of my baggage that I was moving through and walking through before I started microdosing. So I don't know. I feel like microdosing psilocybin started coming into my field probably seven months ago. And during that time, I just was like really watching people probably, I I feel like it was only on social media. Yeah. Starting to microdose and talking about it open and freely. And I was just like, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's amazing that they're doing that. Nobody that I knew personally until after I shared about it. And then people were like, oh yeah, I've been microdosing. I'm like, what? Um, but I was watching it and it was like, seems like normal people right? Like, it's like, you seem like a normal person and you're microdosing. Uh, and it just began to pique my interest. Like, I was like, what is this? What are they, what are these people talking about? And so, um, you know, I really didn't know, like if I were to microdose, am I going to go on some giant trip? Cause I'm not really wanting to do that. Uh, but I am interested in, in working with plant medicine. I mean, I always am interested in working with plant medicine, even just herbs and tinctures. Like I'm just so created and designed that way to explore that. And none of it scares me. Um, usually besides the weed thing, but that was like a trauma from the past. It's always just very interesting to me. Like, I'm like, I wonder what that would be like. So, um, yeah, basically last year, the end of last year, I I started microdosing and was it the end of last year? (laughs) I'm like, I don't even know when it was now. I probably should have looked that up before I push play. Uh, yeah, I started microdosing. And so what microdosing is, if you're not familiar, I'm not, I don't really feel like I'm here to give you like a whole entire giant spiel about the science of it all, but it essentially really aids in the, um, in your brain right? And so the psilocybin actually creates new neural networks in your brain. And when you're microdosing, many people microdose also setting an intention. It's really important to set an intention of why you're doing it um, because you're partnering with this incredible, incredible fungi. And as you're partnering with this fungi, whatever you're doing, so say like I microdose and then I meditate right after you're really reinforcing like what meditation would already do. You're reinforcing that within the neural network in your brain. So microdosing is creating new neural networks in your brain. And because our brain is, is, has neuroplasticity. If you don't know what that means, it essentially means like they literally up until recently, they scientists really thought that the brain like could never change. Like it was like hardwired forever. Now I teach on the subconscious mind all the time and how I always am like, we are eight-year-olds, like we are eight-year-olds, but using specific tools, you literally can change your brain, right? Because the brain is neuroplastic. It literally is 
changing and you can change it. And microdosing helps aid in that process of changing the neural networks in your brain. So if you are, um, so think of it this way, if your brain is a computer, which by the way it is, and you have like, I wish I could, I wish you could see me if you're listening to this. Um, if you have like a strand of how everything happens. So like, say you have always been the type of person that or like a pattern in your, in your life has been, um, let's use one from my real life. Okay. Um, I used to be really overstimulated like 24 seven and especially with my kids and my husband. And when I was overstimulated, I used to snap, like I would snap and just like get really bitchy and snap at my husband usually. And, um, like just be really mean. Uh, my husband listening, he's probably like used to, uh, I feel like I'm doing a lot better in this, but one of these aspects is, is like, right. So your brain has like this hardwired computer thing for me. It was like, Jenna's overstimulated by all of the noise and Brandon brings up a question that has nothing to do with anything at this given moment. Cause he does that often. And Jenna snaps at him and makes him feel like crap. <laughs> right? That's like, that was like the program. So with microdosing, right. It creates space in your brain and it creates actually space in your body, I would say, but it, it like allows you to create a new neural network. So the new neural network would say, oh, it's really loud. I'm a little bit overstimulated, but because I've microdosed, I'm supported and working with these fungi. Um, I have a little bit more space before I react. And so when my husband comes in and asks me a question that has nothing to do with anything, and I'm hyper-focused on something, I probably should have clarified, then I have this little space of time to react or to respond rather than react. So I have this space and I take the space and I say like, I'm really overwhelmed. I think I need a moment to myself. I will tell you that before I started microdosing, when I really think about it, I was like yelling. I never was a yeller in my whole life, but I was yelling all of the time. I mean, I shouldn't say all the time. It was all the time to me. It felt like all the time to me. I would like have, I would have breakdowns all the time where I would just like yell and bite the kids heads off and then be like, I'm so sorry. I would always be like, I'm just so sorry. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. And now I think there was like a lot of factors that contributed to that. One of them being like, I wasn't eating meat. And I think after not eating meat for two years, my, I actually know that the minute I started taking beef liver as a supplement, this is a whole other podcast. Um, my nervous system improved like a hundred percent. Like it is absolutely different. It's so different. It's actually crazy. But back then, right? Like my ADHD was so bad. It was so bad. My brain fog was insane. Um, my anger was out of control. I was like constantly, I felt like I was literally doing constant self-work, like constantly. And I still felt like I was just always so, so, so heightened and my nervous system always felt so intense. So when I started microdosing, I really set out, I, I started with a 90 day container. It's really important when you are microdosing to set a container and you're not really, you're not supposed to microdose like forever, right? It actually creates new neural networks so that you don't have to. And when I started out and I set this container, I don't know if I knew I was going to do it for 90 days, but I did. And it was just such a fascinating experience. Um, I remember the very first day that I did it, I was here with the kids, by the way, you can like live normal life. You're not high. You're not on a trip. You're not like, it's just, it's like a sparkle. It's just like this little sparkle of the way that you live life. And it, it is an illuminator. So you do like things that you're experiencing might be a little bit more intense. 
Um, so I think it's important if you're going to microdose to really have the tools to move through emotions, because if you're a person that like never allows yourself to feel emotions, you might have, um, quite a few come through. And if you don't know how to transmute emotion or actually feel your emotions, it might be alarming. Just a little caveat, but I'll never forget that first day I microdosed and the world just seems so sparkly. And I was like, this is amazing. And <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm like, that was so funny. Cause I didn't know it was going to happen, which most of you are, if you haven't microdosed, you feel the same. Like I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't realize I would be just like me, but just like this really, uh, like a more sparkly version of me where I felt like I had more space and I had more time and I had more connection to presence in this moment. Microdosing for me in that first container, I'm like working on my second container right now. So I took about, I think it was like a two month break in between. And I, I took, it's really important to take breaks with microdosing because you need time to integrate. It's not something that you take every single day. It's not like an antidepressant pill that you take all the time. It's something that you have intention. You set a container, you take it on specific days and not on other specific days and you work with it and you really learn to like be your own practitioner with it. So, um, yeah. So when I started out, right, I was, I didn't know what to, to expect. And as I continued to use it, it was really interesting. I actually started out with the dosing, um, or the, the, the timing of it. Like I was taking it four days on, yeah, four days on and three days off. Eventually I ended up switching it to every other day because that just worked way better for my brain. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of things I didn't expect. So a couple of those are that I didn't expect that I would feel so spacious. Like I feel so spacious when I'm microdosing. I feel like I and just feel so calm. It feels like my whole nervous system is just relaxed and like able to move through life. The other thing I didn't realize is that it would bring up my shadows all the time. Like all the time, my shadows are like, hi, let us look you in the, in the eyes. Why? Because microdosing is here to help us expand. And in order to expand, we have to integrate and heal. And, uh, those shadows, right. Reveal themselves. The cool thing about microdosing though, is that it like created some distance between me and those shadows, which was really amazing to have that distance. Um, it's like you, you truly are the observer of them rather than like, they feel so intensely yours in personal, if that makes sense. So, um, my first container with microdosing, I think the thing that was the biggest thing that I walked away with, I actually started, um, network chiropractic at the same time. So if you're not familiar with that, it's like a mix of energy, spinal nervous system work, um, quantum work, like it's incredible. And I started doing that twice a week at the same time. And with those two things combined, I felt like I just became an entire different version of myself. And within that time, I tripled my business tripled. I can't even say I tripled my business because I don't even remember or know how it happened, but my business tripled and I moved through so much shit in my life, in my past. And I truly was able to, I feel like become the version of me ground in anchor in the version of me that I knew I always was. A lot of that intention in the first container was to feel safe in my body and to help me with this like anger and rage. It's so weird to say that now because I don't feel that at all anymore. But back then, 
I had a lot of anger and rage that was coming through and really like it was directed at my kids and I did not like that at all. So that first container really helped me move through. And, and truly when I look back at it, I'm like, if I was counseling myself, I would say that was anxiety. Um, it really helped me move through anxiety. If you don't know much about my story, I don't really ever share this part about my story, not because I don't want to, just it doesn't come up a lot, but I have a history of being on antidepressants, like off and on of off and on them um, many times throughout the years, especially after having my babies. So it was just really interesting when I got into microdosing because I had heard that it really supports people that struggle with depression, that have ADHD, um, PTSD, and those are all things that I have had or ha- have worked through. And so it's been really interesting to be on this other side of the fence where I've, I'm using it actively in my life. So a few things that you might not know about microdosing is mycelium the fungi, the mushrooms, right? They literally make up over, they're on 90% of the land mass, right? And they're the oldest living consciousness. <laughs> it's crazy. They are so like looking at it from an evolutionary standpoint, they are so successful because they have adapted through so much, right? Um, one of my clients pointed out today that every single step you take, there are 300 miles of mycelium underneath you. That's crazy. What? 300 miles. So when, when you're microdosing, like you're not going into it to be like, I want to get high. Cause like you'll fail. Cause you're not going to get high at all. But what will happen when you go into it with the intention of partnership is you're, you're, be, you're partnering with that consciousness, right? So when you partner with, partner with a consciousness that has been around for like, it's the longest living consciousness, right? That is adapted through literally everything that literally covers, like it is through the mycelium that are the root structure underneath, underneath the, the earth floor that trees literally talk to each other right? They literally cover the entire earth's floor. Like that is crazy. And the indigenous have the indigenous cultures have used plant medicine in general, but mushroom plant medicine for years, for years and years and centuries. Um, so many things, so many incredible facets of knowledge about them. There is a documentary, fantastic fungi on Netflix. It's super, super good. Um, actually I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard only amazing things. I think I'm going to watch it today. So, um, yeah, the, when you are using it, like think of it this way on a consciousness level, when you're connecting with a fungi consciousness, you're quite literally connecting with that, which is so adaptable. So can you see how life-giving it would be for the neural pathways in your brain and for your body to essentially become one with that consciousness? This is why when people go on like mushroom trips, how it can be like, it takes so much time to integrate because, because you, most people that are doing mushroom trips, like aren't ready for that level of consciousness. And those of us who are creating consciousness are consciously creating our lives, are manifesting our realities, all of these things, and we're consciously doing it. This can be such a beautiful aid in that process. Okay. Obviously I'm not like trying to make you do microdosing or anything like that. I'm just bringing my experience to the table and what I have learned and the value that I see in it. Um, because it has been super, super valuable. Uh, there's so many different aspects that really go into like 
the how you do it and all these things that I don't really feel like I need to get into because what I really wanted to kind of bring to the table is this. So as a mother, as a human, as a, as a person who I shared in the beginning has moved through this journey of being like very conditioned, it actually like makes me laugh. And I swear, I'm not judging you if you drink alcohol, but it makes me laugh about how people will like judge me for microdosing when I'm like, you literally destroy like your liver, every drink of alcohol that you take. Right. And what I'm doing over here is like quite literally building my brain. It's like building new neural networks in my brain. I'm not saying you have to stop drinking. I'm just saying like, can you see how conditioned we've been by society? Of course, society is going to keep alcohol legal. It does nothing beneficial for you at all. And it quite literally, it closes off your aura and it closes off your connection energetically that then you have to like create back every day. And so of course, right? Like (laughs) society... Uh, it's not going to let something that literally awakens the masses to be available, um, legally, which just makes me laugh. But also I always laugh because I'm like, we were so conditioned as children to think that these like drugs were like for the hippies and they were so horrible when really like they aid in your awakening process. So for me to sum up like my microdosing journey, I'm still on it. Um, I will say it's been hugely beneficial for me. I noticed that without it, like when it's really important to take breaks, like I said, and it also it's like, please don't just start microdosing by yourself. Like, please reach out if you want to connect with someone that can be a guide for you in this space, because I have amazing contacts for you in that. Yeah. One of the most like beautiful things about this journey for me has been releasing, releasing that conditioning around herbs and around fungi and around mushrooms to the point where it's like so normal to me that I forget it's not normal to everyone. This Christmas, my in-laws were here and I just like randomly was like taking my mushrooms. And I told her like, Oh, I actually microdose psilocybin. And she was like, what? And she's like, super cool. But we were cracking. I was cracking up later about how normal it is for me to just like, be like, Oh yeah, I, I take psilocybin. And like, still, it's so normal to me. I'm like, isn't that so normal to everyone? So I empathize with you if it's not normal at all. And for those of you that are feeling a call to it, I would just say like, get curious with that and explore it because there's a reason, right? There's a reason why mushrooms come into your field. They're literally like our ancestors. There's no one on this planet who your ancestor didn't use plant medicine of the mushrooms because they've been around forever because they're literally our ancestors. They've literally been of medicine, right? Like they are, have been around forever and they literally are underneath you and you are unconscious to it. Right. But when you become conscious to it and you consciously participate in the partnership with one of the longest living, most adaptable consciousnesses on planet earth, could you see how that consciousness actually affects your own consciousness, your own awakening journey, your own creation process. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, I don't just so you know, like on, on another note, cause I know I talked about addiction, like it is not addictive. <laughs> there there's an aspect of human behavior that might be addicted to feeling good. I don't always feel good when I microdose. Like I'm not always like rainbow and butterflies. There's a lot of times that I'm moving through shadows because it's an amplifier, right? So it's, it's, it's amplifying what's already there. So if there's joy there, 
I'm going to feel more joyful. If there's gratitude, I'm going to feel more gratitude. If it's pain, I'm going to feel it and actually have to move through it. And so I don't always feel like sparkly rainbow butterflies, but also like, that's kind of the point because you have this, this container that you've set to truly have something assisting you on that process. It's, it's truly a teacher. They, they really are a teacher along the journey. I know people are always like, tell me all the things. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. It's hard. It's hard to explain it because it's like on this other level of awareness or consciousness. I don't know, but I would say the biggest thing that I've seen is like between microdosing network chiropractic care, all of my tools, I always have used though, um, like EFT tapping and hypnosis and all those things. Also taking beef liver every day, which is totally unrelated to microdosing, moving away from veganism and understanding the importance of animals, even though it's like super, super hard for me to eat animals. I've only, I I've been taking beef liver every single day. And I will tell you those things combined. I literally never have ADHD symptoms anymore. I couldn't tell you the last time I woke up brain fogged, uh, every once in a while, I don't eat gluten. And every once in a while, if I do, it's I'll wake up like that, but I know it's from the gluten. Um, but I never really wake up brain fogged. I never really wake up tired anymore. I feel energized throughout the whole day. I feel like there are still really shadowy spaces, but I think that's normal for any healing journey. It's been an incredible aid in this process. And I'm excited to continue the journey. Like, I feel like when I started out, I was just like looking at it of what can you do for me mushrooms. And now I'm in this space where I'm like, oh, wow, this is like such an an incredible consciousness that I get to continue to partner with. And that even has like asked me to be a voice for it in some way, because I have pointed a lot of people in this direction unintentionally. Just talking about my experience has made it feel safe, I think, for a lot of people, because a lot of people that maybe don't consider themselves to be like super quote unquote out there are interested in healing the neural networks in their brain. And so they're like, oh, what would that look like for me to do that? Jenna seems semi-normal. I don't know. Do I seem (laughs) semi-normal? Everyone listening is probably like, you do not seem normal at all. It's been amazing to see that in clients that I've worked with and in myself, just that aid in that journey and in the support of the nervous system, the support of the neural networks, the support of your expansion, which hi, expand with Jenna Brown. Feel free to reach out and ask any clarifying questions about my journey, because again, it's kind of hard to riff by myself on like everything it's been because it's been so personal and also such tiny shifts. Like you would have to be like living as an ant on the wall to see how with microdosing, I respond differently in life to life with life and how I move through different things in different ways, um, has been so incredibly life-giving. So thank you to the fun guy. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. I thought, I hope that it piqued your interest a little bit and let you see a little bit into me and into my nervous system practices and things that I'm doing behind the scenes um, to continue to grow and expand and support my process as I continue to bring wisdom to you as well. Um, And I, yeah, have a great rest of your day.